Wake up, America. If you grabbed a second half nap, I don't blame you. I didn't take one at Ohio State, Ohio Stadium, to watch Ohio State win 35-7 to against Youngstown State. Hey, it was a football game, so I wanted to pay close attention, and I was here, and it's my job. But if you're out there and you thought, that wasn't the best, most exciting version of Ohio State I've ever seen, I would say you're not wrong. The scientifically proven and or not maybe proven, but recommended time for a nap is 19 minutes long mm -hmm. as the best amount of time for a quick nap. And that's about how long the third quarter lasted. <laughs> so if you missed that, that's cool. Fourth quarter is a little bit longer. Um, second half in general was not entirely exciting for Ohio State, but the Buckeyes are 2-0, yep. 35-7 to seven wins a win over Youngstown State. It was a weird. football game. It was weird, but it's also like I'm coming to this idea that Ryan Day just doesn't care about numbers like points or, and he cares about number of plays because he mentioned that a number of times in the post-game <laughs> uh, press conference. Yeah. He is frustrated how these new rules are affecting things. He is learning how, hey, if these teams are going to run the ball, with three seconds left on the play clock, we're going to lose opportunities, and that's forcing him to want to throw the ball more. And But that's hard to do when you're trying to break in a new offensive line and new quarterbacks. It's just a funky thing. Again, Ohio State could have won this game 56-7 to probably if, you know, they had a couple. We have a missed touchdown over here in the corner to Carnell Tate. We have um, a Kyle McCord missed a crosser to Mecca Abuka that would have been a touchdown. You have a holding penalty with take one back. There's just a lot of dumb little things going on that uh, it's not clean, but like I don't know how much to make of it because yeah. it means virtually nothing right now. Yeah, it means virtually nothing is uh, a great way to kick off snap judgments. He is Jeremy <laughs> Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward, and that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm not uh, frustrated to watch this version of Ohio State. I'm not. I haven't lost confidence that yeah. they are still one of the better programs in the country, that they can win the Big Ten, that they can win a national championship. Using Indiana and Youngstown State when, like, I mean, let's be honest, everyone was excited to be back in the horseshoe around here. Yeah. I don't know how pumped the actual Buckeyes were to be playing Youngstown State. Now, they, they came out with some energy. They made a few plays. Certainly, the offense had a spark. Marvin Harrison with a long touchdown and didn't dab on the touchdown, which I think is a real plus for him uh, moving forward. Um, yeah. But like I tried, I was unselling. I was doing this, but he did not see me. <laughs> but you look at it, and people say, "Ah, well, I'm just making excuses for these efforts." You're pointing to them winning comfortably, you know, 28 point win and a 20 point win. And if you want to be upset about it and worried and picking at the nits, like go for it. I, I understand. There are certainly things to nitpick. Yeah, I mean that's not a that's not a question. We can talk about those things, and we will talk about those things. But they, I don't. Outside of like feeling like today that Kyle McCord more solidified himself as a starting quarterback for Ohio State and some mixed bag with the offensive line, just seeing Marvin and Emeka again, like I don't, I don't, it doesn't mean a whole lot to me. So I'm not, I'm not panicked about it. And I'm also not saying they're definitively going to win a national championship because you have to play better, but you also have to play different and better opponents. And I think Ohio State would, would probably rise to that level, although that's also a projection. Yeah, that's kind of the weird thing right now. I mean, I thought Kyle McCord took a step up today, played very, very well, especially in the first half when he had an opportunity to go out there his first couple drives, scored on two or three. They take him out. They bring in Devin Brown. They score. They then you know they have just a little bit of just wonkiness with the offensive line in the 
like if we're gonna deep, if we're gonna dive into the what are we nitpicking, the the offensive line is a problem. I mean, this group should be much better run blocking, and they're not, and that's weird. Like they actually look more comfortable in pass pro, which I would never have expected right. to be the case. And we're now two games into the Ohio State football season, and we have written off the Indiana game as far as a pass rush perspective because Indiana was running the triple option. They didn't throw the ball much. Every time they did, it was two-step drop and throw. Uh, that was not the case today. Youngstown no. State dropped back and passed the football. And if they threw it to the field side against Davis and Ignosin, it was almost a catch every single time. But there was a no pass rush. And I don't understand where these guys are. And there's two ways I'm looking at this. One, you are not really getting exotic with anything you're doing. And that's understood, understandable. You're not blitzing from multiple spots. You, you know, you sent Tommy one time today. He gets credited with the sack. But you shouldn't have to do that against Youngstown State. Right. I, I was asking Kyle McCord um, up in the press room after the game, like, have you, you know, what do you see in practice? He said, these guys are all over me in practice. So I don't know if they're just doing different things out here. If they're in practice, they're ratcheting it up because it's a higher competition and they're going best on best. But there's just no energy from that front four. I, I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, we've talked, or I have talked so much about the rotation. It, it, that's not it. No. I mean, the, the outside of, like, occasionally taking Mike Hall off for stretches that I think are too extensive, that's not the issue. Like, JT Tuimolo is not uh, getting to the passer as much as I expected. Jack Sawyer is not getting there as much as I expected. They brought Caden Curry in to do some Rushman stuff. He's continued to be the one he sort plays, of spark plug. He plays really hard, but it's not like and he's and he did get to the quarterback at least once, maybe twice. Uh, I have to go. He back forces things to happen on, at the least. There is no pressure from the outside right now when Jack Sawyer and JT Tumaloa are on the field, and I, I am puzzled by it. I I don't understand how that's possible when we watched what we watched in August. And I, I think that's what I'm what's what I'm trying to get at. Berm is like. It's not the rotation. Yeah. Like that part has changed. But if we're saying you have to give the benefit of the doubt to Larry Johnson, he's a legend. He's a he's the defensive line guru. Okay, let's let's do that. But then let's also ask this part seems to have been resolved in a way that Ohio State and Jim Knowles and Ryan Day feel comfortable about. But the other part, like why are you not seeing the level of production from those two five star players in year three? Yeah. And again, it's two weeks. By next week, maybe that'll be completely different against Western Kentucky and an outfit that wants to throw all week long or all game long, and we'll be talking about something different. But yeah. I would say the biggest question for me coming out of week two to week three outside of the offensive line is the defensive line. Yeah. And I, I, it's, there has to be more. You should not be at a standstill against Youngstown State. You should be physically whipping them at the line of scrimmage when you have players like Ohio State has. There is no excuse to be getting gashed in the run game. And the Buckeyes did not play very well against the run. This defensive line was getting knocked off the ball. They were not where they needed to be. Fortunately, you have Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg there to clean up. But that was not, it was just a bad game. And I don't know where exactly it stems from, but there just does not seem to be a fire in that group. And I don't know... And, and to be honest, I think that's actually a problem in the entire 85-man team at this point. I, the best players on this team are the most quiet guys. And that is a mm. it's a weird problem to have. All of the best players are the guys that don't talk. 
they they asked upstairs in the press conference room jerry was trying to he was organizing he said, marv the two touchdowns why don't you go to the podium main podium and be you know with all the bright lights on he's yeah. like nah yeah they just it's, <laughs> it's a weird issue because they are they have a lot of really talented guys but like this is a college football program and you need heart you need passionate guys and even the guys that we've come to expect it from like the Cade Silvers, you just don't see them out here trying to like pump people up i i don't i don't know maybe that's because of the atmosphere here today it's a good you know good, good crowd for a season opener 102,000, mm -hmm. but it wasn't at all excited there was no loud it was never loud i mean you have a 71 yard touchdown past a marvin harrison on your first drive of the game and it was like like so that's a little weird i mean i, I think maybe there has to be some something something's missing from this group right now and i'm not saying they can't get it but it like it's slow build and ryan day was clear to say that in the postgame presser like this is not a we are trying to win a national championship against youngstown state so like for the folks that want to have everything clicking perfect, like I understand it, and I, I as a longtime Ohio State fan, like I, I understand that impulse and, and the desire, but I just don't think it's real. I, Ryan Day, is seems to be taking this like an NFL coach. Like we're just gonna do what we got to do and get better. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was. I thought the answer he gave because I tried to get at that point with him, like. Is it frustration, disappointment like when you're in these games? Again, he focused on the number of plays. And, you know, if you had 15 more, then there might be two more touchdowns up there. But let's set that aside. That's sort of where the, the slow build, not going to happen yeah. overnight answer came from. And I think that that's an interesting point. Like, we're looking at this through the perspective of last year, the three guys that they are, don't have on the offensive line are all on NFL rosters. And C.J. Stroud, uh, you know, was in the discussion to be the number one overall pick and is going to start for the Houston Texans uh, as a rookie in the NFL. Like, that's a big deal. To Standard can be the standard, but that doesn't mean necessarily that you can go out and absolutely match it immediately without yeah. the same body of work that all four of those guys had. They had a ton of reps, a ton yeah. of games, and Brian Day's tried to bring this up in perspective with C.J. Stroud, Minnesota, and Oregon that first year with him as a starter. Like It wasn't you don't go immediately light the world on fire. And he talked about Justin Fields needing longer than a couple weeks, but having enough athleticism to overcome that. Like everybody is trying to come together with a new offense. And could he maybe scheme it up differently or be more aggressive with sure. the play calling? Sure. 100%. That doesn't, he's, he doesn't seem concerned about that yeah. part. Not knowing that like everybody else is just like out here, like, well, high state's supposed to win by, you know, 56 to nothing I picked. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. I, I'm trying to think of the right metaphor. And I guess, like, let's say you are walking to a car dealership and there's a beautiful Ferrari mm. sitting there. Okay. However, it has an engine that is still being built. Like, okay. there's going to be times when you have the opportunity to take it out for a test run and maybe see how how much gas you can give it. But it, then, oh, cool, cool, that, was, that was a weird clunk. That shouldn't happen. <laughs> Oh, whoa, 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 that, uh, that that hiccup shouldn't be there. So you just keep working. The offensive line and the quarterbacks are new. And those are, from what I understand, and again, I'm not a football coach, yeah. but I think those, those positions are important. Uh, so I, I think you just have to let it build a little bit. Yes, be frustrated because it doesn't look the way it's looked forever, but I don't think it's a, a teardown. This is not a complete rebuild by any stretch. It is a ramp up. It is a slow but steady, get yourself ready for Notre Dame. And I I don't know that going into this season, that was the mindset for Ohio State. 
but I don't think that they were annoyed by the fact that it could happen that way. And, and that, like we said it last week, like you have three games that are essentially a preseason. You may as well use them that sure. way. Now, to figure out, A, the new clock, to figure out how to use the quarterbacks, to figure out the running back rotation, which, I mean, Travion Henderson had five carries and 50, 56 yards, five carries. And how do you, as a fan or as an analyst or anyone else, get a real sense of what he, how he played? Like, oh, five carries, 11, 11 yards of period. Great. But, like, at the same time. And then time, you say, give it to him more. And then you say, how? Right. You say, give it to him more. And then he runs into someone. And you're like, oh, he sucks. Like, so it's weird. You know, well, that's not what I was saying. You know, chip train him today didn't look like chip train him a week ago. So all these guys are still trying to feel themselves out a little bit, and I, I don't think that it's, I don't think it's a, a problem at this point. I think it is worth noting, worth paying attention to. But I don't, I don't come out of this going, oh boy, this team stinks. They're not going to make it. Like, there, there, it's, it's a process. There's, there's a check-ins. I wish you were watching F1 so that you could have made a Ferrari joke about tire management and their bizarre strategy in no, race. But uh, no, I don't want to do that. Okay. Um, I know you don't. Let's oh, tell me about the good things. Again, I thought Kyle McCord made a big step up today. I liked what I saw out of Devin Brown at times. I think that Devin showed against Youngstown State what the issue is with Devin Brown and why probably Kyle McCord was picked to be the starter. He is a little bit more consistent. Devin has the opportunities to to make some plays happen and sometimes he looks really good sometimes he doesn't i asked him at post game i said grade yourself what do you give what tell me what you are I said I, i'm gonna give myself a c okay well that's fair that i missed some throws i should not miss easy throws i have to make and so if he's acknowledging it i think we can acknowledge it like again the pass to carnell tate over here in the corner should have been a touchdown he he, he can't he seems to have a real difficult time making the easy throws easy and some of that, I think, is just being so juiced up, so amped. And part of that will get mitigated by being in the game more often and being more regular. But I don't know how much opportunity there's going to be for that a week from now. It doesn't. It seems like it's about to be shifted away from here's the fourth and eighth series, uh, which I believe, yeah, that's the way it worked out on Saturday against Youngstown State. I think that part is probably about to be gone based on the way Kyle McCord played and the way that Ryan Day talked. He did say he wasn't going to make that decision on a Saturday night at the podium, which that's yeah. obvious. And But it, it seems clear that the way that they've managed the reps in the first two weeks, the, the clear improvement that I thought was out there from Kyle McCord, perfect, no. Uh, missed the throw to Marvin Harrison in the third quarter, which is why it lasted 19 minutes. If you complete that one, Ohio State uh, keeps driving. You can maybe score another and point. And he mentioned that one. He, he was asked about it, and that was the throw he said he wanted back today. He just has to hang in there a little bit longer and deliver. And that's almost like, the crazy part yeah. of the way that these first two weeks have gone is like we're looking at the throw to Carnell Tate from Devin Brown, the throw, missed throw from Marvin Harrison, like a hold. I mean, all of a sudden, that's it's those are the twenty-one more points. A, it's the, the amount of plays, and B, because Ohio State has gone through these first couple of weeks to try and continue the battle and play both. Like we're we're watching every single throw, every quarterback misses yeah. throws. Yeah. Like that happens in games. There's no such thing as a perfect one from anybody, and it's an unfair expectation that well. Because you're comparing them both to each other. That part, I think, Ryan Day understands that they need to get away from that. I think Kyle McCord has also separated enough to get to that point. Maybe that's just my opinion on that. And uh, we'll see if he agrees on Tuesday, uh, the next time we talk to him. But, I mean, Kyle I, McCord did yeah. a lot of positive things for Ohio Kyle, State. before he went up to the podium, I was just chatting with him. I said, you know, how, how much different do you feel today from a week? You know, he said, it's, it's night and day. He said, there is no comparison. He felt way more comfortable, and it was obvious from the first ball he threw of the day. So 
I think Devin Brown will play against Western Kentucky. I don't think it's going to be a, you know, all or nothing Cal McCord show. I think you will see some series for, for Devin Brown, but I think we saw an example today of why Cal McCord has been put where he's been put. It was awesome to see Marvin Harrison get unhitched early. Um, Emeka Buka, I think he still feels a little frustrated at times. Like some of the, the plays that are drawn up for him, it just doesn't seem like they're clicking the way you want it to. It's those little crossing routes and that had, sort of stuff. He did have two opportunities on the first Evan Brown drive where I think he got open. He expected the football to be there and could have scored on him and yeah. missed opportunities. Again, and, not to Yeah, and Marvin, Marvin drops the ball. I mean, Devin has the one to Marvin where he throws it way high, and Marv a year ago maybe makes that catch. I don't know. I mean, nine times out of ten, he probably holds onto that ball. Today he didn't. But that that's it, it's weird, but nothing is like in rhythm yeah. right now. And, and nothing is going to be in rhythm when you keep changing quarterbacks and keep changing running backs and keep, it's just not, not going to happen. So it, it is imperative, I think, for Ohio State to make a decision and move forward at quarterback. Uh, that's one thing. I mean, if we're talking big takeaways today, I, I, I understand that people may want to see a continued competition and it will certainly continue throughout the week at practice. And Devin Brown sh- should be pushing Kyle McCord and vice versa. But when it comes to the game plan, I think you just have to dial in with one quarterback and say, this is our starter. Kyle is maybe the guy. If he is, let's play him until the game is out of reach. And then we let Devin finish it. I wonder. So I said, um, you'll see in the notebook uh, on the podcast later on, like, it doesn't seem to me to do Devin Brown any favors. Like what you're talking about with the practice will, you know, the competition will continue in practice and yeah, that's going to work itself out. But I, you know, the way that it's been handled, like it seems like they're operating two completely different offenses because Devin Brown is doing quarterback power and, you know, fake pitch run back himself. And I'm not sure that that's the best use of his talents. I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm going to let Ryan Day run the offense. I'm, that's my hypothesis from watching it. They don't seem to really connect, and I'm not sure that you know that's the truest way to let him grow as a passer or quarterback, but yeah. whatever, we can set that aside. But what does that mean for the rest of the offense? Well, they've got to know the Devin Brown package. They've got to know the Kyle McCord package, and that may just be the reality. Yeah. That may be just be how you have to manage it throughout the course of the year, but that doesn't necessarily lend itself to a cohesive offense that knows exactly what its identity is and that's i could be a hundred percent wrong about that. i don't know if that is the offense is being called significantly differently significantly different significantly differently nice flow <laughs> um or if that's just devin brown trying to do things outside of the play structure well, i'm not even talking about though i'm yeah. talking about the design the, design, the design runs. runs are interesting i, I mean I, I think I could get behind those if, like, on the fourth down play here in the end zone, Devin Brown got run down by a defensive tackle. Right. And you're like, ah, I don't – I mean, he had a lot of space there, and some of it's because his eyes were up and not really sprinting probably. But I, I want to see – if you're going to go out here and show me and tell me that he's, like, the athlete that's going to make a difference when he's in the game as a uh, – equating numbers as a runner, then let's see it cut loose instead of this uh, sort of tiptoe stuff that we are watching because it doesn't seem like anyone's firmly committed to the idea that it's a, a totally different offense, but they're just going to try things in a half-assed way that doesn't make sense. Man, this guy – like way more negative than I thought it was going to. I mean, to. I don't know that you can you can't leave this game feeling positive. Yeah, I know. You can leave it saying don't make a big deal out of it, but there there are more negatives than positives when you have I mean, you got to pass an interception by Denzel Burke. He's continuing to play great. I, I 
it's interesting to me. I was watching the Igman Osen stuff all day and like, I'm seems to have guys are open. And then I'm like, well, that is the field side. It's a much lot. It's a much more room to work around. You got guys that are, you know, you're crisscrossing routes over there. I can maybe give a little bit. I, I want to see more from these guys. I just think that it's like, we can sit here and the fans can sit there and say, Hey, you know, you're playing Youngstown state. It's easy to understand maybe a little bit of mental, like uh, chill, but like yeah. that can't work for the players. Like you got to be out here blowing these guys up. Sonny Styles blows people up like every time he gets a chance. I don't see that out of the defensive line. And that is just pissing me off because I, I don't understand how you aren't whipping Youngstown State up front. Yeah. Like I, there's no explanation for that that I can come up with. When you have four top 50 players lined up at defensive line, like I, I, top 50 prospects lined up on your defensive line. You're recruiting well. You are known for this development uh, a defensive line where is it Ohio State is 2 and 0 they won 35-7 on Saturday in their home opener at the Horseshoe and we really appreciate you diving in for some snappy jays with us to break hey, it all down I know it feels negative I'm not trying to I swear I know I know I just we, want to if if you hey, got, if we pretended like this was the greatest win of yeah, all time that would be like disingenuous throw guys out there that are going to either go out there and play with their hair on fire or or Change something else. That's yeah. that's all right. All right. A week to go until Western Kentucky, right back here in this very building. We'll have all the content, as always, coming for you on the podcast uh, all week long. So stay tuned for that. And thank you very much for joining us for Snappy Jays in the Horseshoe. He's Burma. I'm Austin. See you later.